It's This Week in Bourbon, where it's time to hear the soothing voices of Ryan and Kenny. And here's your headlines for March 24th, 2023. RMDC fights back against the Sazerac lawsuit. Blue Run Spirits has revealed their first look at their new whiskey distillery in headquarters in, Jam- in Georgetown, Kentucky. And Pinhook Bourbon has debuted their vertical series, Rye, seven years. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our partners. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. And they're off for another Get 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable gaming license ORG 000 From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to This Week in Bourbon. Here's my soothing voice. Ryan, you want to chime in with yours? Well, hello, everyone. I hope uh, your Friday is going just really well, drilling into the weekend. Uh, (laughs) Gosh, that sounds terrible. ASMR version of Bourbon Pursuit. You all talk about this ASMR. I don't still don't understand it or know what the hell it is. Well, I mean, it's 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 a new trend. It's a fad. And it's all over YouTube and TikTok and reels. And like I said, it's just where you'll get like a, a piece of paper or a feather. And you just get really close to the microphone. You just be like, just like, make like really, really soft noises. But for some reason, it's what people like. I guess it's a it's a soothing thing. Yeah, I guess so. Well, because it's no different than my sound machine that I have. <laughs> See, there you bed. go. <laughs> but that's, you're trying to drown out the sound. This is, I don't know, people like, I don't know, let's we'll just try to get a piece of plastic here and just like, I don't yeah, think that's I, soothing though. <laughs> you, and, you and Rafa were talking about it and I was like, what the hell is going on? It's like, this is like driving my brain crazy. It's definitely not soothing. Yeah, Maybe yeah. it's my ADD personality. I don't know. Well, I think it's probably just more along the lines of, <laughs> well, there's some ASMR. Just <laughs> kick over some bottles. <laughs> Actually, that, that probably could be. It's like you get bottles like clanking on a line going down a, a bottling line or oh, something boy. like that. I don't know. We could. We could start doing ASMR for bourbon nerds. Try to figure out what are those well, things. You just you put a microphone in a still room, you know, it's just like going like, shoo, 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 shoo. like, hey, who knows? That sounds a lot easier than selling bourbon. So let's do it. That <laughs> <laughs> and trying to get all the news articles out of the week and try to make it yeah. for y'all too. Condense them down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So there's, there's 
Uh, two things that I, to kind of bring up first is that last week, I know we had mentioned, we said, you know, it, it sucks. There's no more Blue Book. There used to be Facebook where you could go and you can get all of the top or like basically what are the prices of everything that's that's out there. Well, we had one of our ambassadors who's also a big listener and fan of ours. He also sent a message and said, guys, there's already another Blue Book out there. And so it's at Bourbon Neur. It's Bourbon E-U-R, I guess kind of like entrepreneur, but bourbonure.com slash bourbon blue book. And so they keep an updated running list of sales and everything like that. So you can kind of see what the latest prices are on, on stuff that's out there. So good to see that there's another reference that you can go and use to be like, so how much, what's this worth now? And now you know. Yeah, I'm glad you sent me that. Now I can... You know, everybody has texted me, asking me, what's it worth? Here's the link, you know. <laughs> Go figure it out quit, yourself. Quit bothering me with it because I have no clue. <laughs> I haven't bought and sold bottles in seven years probably. Man, alive. I was, I didn't even like scroll through. I just saw one of the ones that kind of really shocked me. I remember, you know, 1792. Remember it came out with their first port finish? Yeah. I mean, dude, that's up to like seven, 800 bucks in there. I was like, no 1792 port finish? Really? But yeah, I guess so. Wow, that's incredible. I I remember it. I mean, I think it was good, but I don't know. I don't. I've, I wasn't like, oh man, I better hang on to this one so I can... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was good, but I was like, whew, I don't know about that. It was like, that's Angel's Envy's whole lineup is just port finish. So it's kind of crazy that that's what it went to. Well, I know it's like, it's like all these flavored whiskeys. It's like, you know, you can get Evan Williams honey for like 10 bucks this whole time. You didn't have to put it in a damn barrel. (laughs) Like just, just get Evan Williams honey, get another bottle of Evan (laughs) Williams, blend it together. Then you just the honey down a little bit and you're probably getting the same exact thing. Yeah. Or the wild turkey honey. It's like, it's like, it tastes the same damn thing way. I mean, I've tried them next to somebody brought that up to me. I was like, there's no way they taste the same. And then I tried them. I was like, well, it's pretty similar. Uh, <laughs> and then one's like 10 bucks and the others are like hundreds. So uh, uh, we're idiots, aren't we? But, but there, there's no wild turkey Amberana or Evan Williams yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Let's not, let's not slow that train down. We know that it could, could come anytime. Yep. Let's, uh, yeah. Anywho. Yep. But I'm glad we have a new blue book I can send people to. Yep. And other announcement to put out there as well is that I know that one came from another ambassador. I just want to put out another thing that says we are still looking for a few ambassadors, but in just in certain regions. So really, we need more people in Texas, mainly in Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Austin, and Lubbock. I don't think I've ever announced Lubbock before, but we could easily use two more people in each of those regions. You know, we're really growing pursuits presence down there. And there's a lot of stores that are getting traction, but it's just one of those things that people don't know about it. And so we need more people to go and talk about it and share the story and have people get liquid to lips and everything like that too. We also need people in Savannah and Augusta, Georgia, and then also looking for somebody else in Memphis, Tennessee. Shout out to our existing bastards. They send us reports every weekend and it's incredible what they're doing. So appreciate everyone and keep up the good work and we're really grateful and thankful and if you want to do be an ambassador it, we do pay you and you get to <laughs> yeah. keep whiskey so it's a, a win-win situation so uh it's fun too you get to people watch at liquor stores which, <laughs> what's better than that yeah i mean you get to you get to meet people from all walks of life that's that's for sure and uh, if you need more content in your life come on over to pursuit spirits instagram account that's where i reside and try to post content kenny's you know, hogs the bourbon pursuit. So I'm trying to make my little niche with pursuit spirits, but uh, just to see what we got going on. Uh, we'll try to keep bourbon pursuit mostly the category as a whole, whereas pursuit spirits will be more focused on us. So if you're interested in learning about what we're doing, uh, I will be on that. Uh, I don't guess you call it channel, whatever handle. I don't know what, what do you call this stupid thing? Outlet account, maybe account. account. Sure. That sounds good. Yeah, and actually, you've been doing really, really well at it. I mean, I look at the numbers and I can see your numbers are going higher than Bourbon Pursuits right now in regards to trending of finding new followers. So, you're... I'm up about 900 since I started taking over. See, so I've been 
But we had the meat church video in that time. So that's, <laughs> there you go. That's kind of an unfair advantage. Yeah, uh, you get. Hey, to, I did. I did go down there and shoot it. So yeah. Uh, and then Drew C also put in the comments. Thank you for sending that. Also looking for somebody in Springfield, Missouri. So if you're in the southwestern part of Missouri, could always use your help there as well because that's another kind of bubbling metropolis where we could use some help. That's all right. All right, ready to get at it. Let's do it. Well, this one, it's not really, I didn't put it as newsworthy. I don't have a press release, but there are two more celebrity bourbons that are on the horizon. There are labels that have been out. There are news articles that have been leaked, but there's been no official press release. So just to let you know that Steph Curry and Nick Cage, not together, but separate, are anticipating to release their own celebrity bourbons. Uh, Steph Curry's comes in at a whopping 80 proof couldn't expect anything more uh i also saw that ryan bingham is coming out with his own whiskey and oh damn i was hoping one day we could afford him i like ryan bingham yeah no he's got his own it, which makes sense if it makes you feeling better he's got his his flagship 80 proof and then his signature black series at 86 proof oh boy getting, mm -hmm. getting aggressive there <laughs> <laughs> people will still be like oh it's hot <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So that's what people have said. Might as well jump into it while you've got the Yellowstone momentum on you and stuff like that, too. So that's what they're doing. Yeah. So you said the Nicolas Cage is doing one? Yeah. That's what it said. On The Rock or something? <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible joke. Yeah. No. Uh, it was, they had, he said something. There were some articles coming out. I think he had mentioned something into a, a uh, an interview and it just essentially said that he you know everybody in a celebrity status has some sort of drink after them and he's a bourbon guy and so he wants to get into the bourbon business and so he kind of maybe haphazardly announced his intro into it oh exciting stuff yep can't wait to review them <laughs> where they come from green river <laughs> i don't know we'll see so far every celebrity whiskey we've gotten so far has been all sideways thumbs yeah that's what they do they're looking for light and easy for the mass population yep yep i will say the only one i'll give credit to is brothers bond with their cash strength it's good but still it's just more ross and squib go, go get a rossville or something like, <laughs> yeah it's the same <laughs> or what the hell is their remus or whatever mm -hmm. which is actually I'm really good I, I like the i like the remus repeal yeah it is good mm -hmm. um we've done some picks with them but yeah it's just but i get it if you like Ian and all of them. I hear they actually do a good job at like selecting barrels. They're like actually involved. They're not just like putting their names on it. I've seen them at liquor store signing and this and that. So that's mad props to them. I see you at liquor store signing too. Gosh, all day, every day. That's where I live now. It's like mornings are go green, afternoons the liquor stores where <laughs> seeing gotta go make sure bottles are looking good, shelf talkers are there, make sure that people's that ordered still have stock. A lot of times they don't, or they have one left and you're like, you're going to reorder. And they're like, Oh yeah, uh, maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> got to stay on top of them. Well, Cause, uh, they just got, all they care about is those Miller lights and Jim beams and stuff. You know, they keep selling a bunch of, well, that's going to play right into this first news article. So sit back, relax, enjoy my soothing voice because this is going to be a long one. So oh RNDC, they're fighting back against the Sazerac lawsuit. I know we had talked about this in extent, not only on this show, but as well as on a roundtable. And so these were also, this is the documents now that have first peered. We got sent to them by Brian Hara of Sip and Corn, sent them like the very morning that it came out. But this is now pretty much uh, getting a little more widespread. And what I'm going to read right now is a, pretty much a word-for-word -word summary from Chris Otts over at our local WDRB news station. So Sazerac and RNDC, they've been business partners for decades. And RNDC claims that, quote, it served as Sazerac's distributor of choice across the country until the relationship fell apart late last year. And this is, again, according to court filings. The fight erupted in January when Sazerac announced it was cutting ties with RNDC in about 30 states and then sued RNDC in federal court in Louisville, saying the distributor's performance had deteriorated and that RNDC owed Sazerac $38 million and counting. RNDC stayed silent until Friday's court response, in which it rejected Sazerac's claims and asserted that and it is in fact Sazerac, which, owns which owes tens of millions of dollars back to RNDC. 
So the quote that says the relationship between RNDC and Sazerac thrived for decades, but has been torn apart by Sazerac's two year plus effort to strip RNDC of its distributor role and circumvent the three tier system that has helped make this industry so successful. Sorry, so successful, RNDC said in the court filing. Sazerac claimed in January that it had to spend $100 million to create its own marketing force because RNDC was not living up to its obligations to sell Sazerac products. But according to RNDC, it was Sazerac who insisted on short-sighted approach that fundamentally changed the, uh, sorry, fundamentally challenges the division of roles in the three-tier system. In RNDC's telling, Sazerac, since 2021, has pursued a plan to overtake many of the sales and marketing functions traditionally handled by distributors while relegating RNDC and its competitors to a diminished role as, quote, four wheels in a truck. In other words, low-paid transporters of products. RNDC alleges that Sazerac's plan was not only destined to fail, but contrary to the laws of many states, including Kentucky. In 2021, Sazerac imposed new terms on RNDC, which greatly cut the distributor's profits for selling Sazerac products. And that was, again, according to RNDC, and RNDC would be entitled to a flat $8.50 per case sold, According to RNDC's countersuit, Sazerac promised that it would also reduce RNDC's expenses by hiring, quote, market development representatives and market development managers who would assume much of RNDC's work dealing with liquor stores and restaurants. Though Sazerac had promised that RNDC would do less work for less money, in many instances, RNDC was doing the same work while earning far less money, all while the few marketing personnel Sazerac had hired were potentially violating various state laws. The uh, the fact that Sazerac continues to employ the market development people even after severing ties with RNDC shows that Sazerac wasn't merely trying to make up for RNDC's shortcomings, but playing a longer game. And Sazerac's goal, according to RNDC, is to, quote, strip all of its distributors and not just RNDC of their typical and in many states legally mandated distributor functions regardless of performance. Meanwhile, Sazerac also interfered with RNDC's ability to offload Sazerac products that RNDC still possessed after the company split by discouraging replacement distributors from buying from RNDC and inundating those new distributors with fresh Sazerac products. The relationship between the two companies was so cozy that Sazerac had the ability to order its own products on RNDC's behalf. In the last four months of 2022, Sazerac, quote, saddled RNDC with more than $552 million in inventory, according to the lawsuit. <laughs> oh, man. I... I don't know where to go with this. <laughs> well, there's this. Okay. So we, we see two sides of the coin here, right? Yeah. You had just mentioned <clears throat> earlier, really right before we started this, of you having to go out and essentially do what a lot of distributors do. Because right. one of the things that we talk about a lot of this, now that we have our own brand, is that we have four SKUs we care about. We want to make sure that they are front and center, that they're stocked, that every store has it, so on and so forth. But a distributor, I mean, and this is a smaller distributor, they have 600 SKUs to worry about. So we don't get paid attention to. And so we have to go do that. And now RNDC is mad that they're hiring people to go and basically be their boots on the ground and do less work and take back the money of doing it. So this is a, <laughs> this, is a this is a whole can of worms to open up here because right. I, can, I could kind of see... I mean, we've been through it now. I can see Sazerac's claim of saying that RNDC is not doing their job. And it's not just because of, and, and this is not even talking about Pappy allocation, Weller, where is it all at, blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is just making sure that there's stuff on the shelves. Yeah, I know. Like I said, I'm very torn <laughs> between all this because I know I can relate to what Sazerac is doing and saying. Um, but I can also relate to Republic. And, and, and I've talked to some new distributors, you know, I'm not going to name names, of course, because that would be <laughs> reckless. But, uh, you know, the kind of the same behavior, though, uh, that was, I think, going on with the R&DC is kind of ha going on with new where, it, you know, people just kind of laser focus on the the Wellers, the E.H. Taylors, Pappy, Buffalo Trace, all the bourbons, which those pretty much sell themselves um, you know, where it gets interesting is what, you know, the, all the other brands and they kind of get using those as bait and leverage to, to get those other brands cues ordered. And it seems like that's still going on or, and that's, 
I don't know. This whole thing is fascinating. I don't know which side to be on. Probably the answer is all in the middle. And, you know, it's I, I can't wait till it goes to court and we get I'll be like C-SPAN watching, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or like the OJ trial, seeing it on there, there. There's so many flaws with the whole system that I hope one thing that comes out of this, that it kind of exposes it all and shows that a modern, you know, the the modern industry it really there, there's a place for the three tier system. Don't get me wrong. I, I think there's definitely a place for it, but there, I hope this helps move some legislation that things can be changed or adjusted because it, this is what, this is what happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I totally agree. It's, it's going to be, I don't know if it'll probably go to court. It'll probably just go to mediation and they'll settle out of it court because as Brian Hera, he's been on the forefront of all this. He goes, most companies don't want to air their dirty laundry. Well, especially in, in this business. Exactly. <laughs> so they, he even said that the fact that it got to this far is, is pretty crazy that that even got to this. But that's why I think it might keep going because it's a lot of money. And I, I had heard that that from R&DC people that they just got, you know, they bought basically all their inventory at the end of the year for next year and then Sazerac sold a bunch of inventory to the new people so I had heard that too and that's like kind of like uh, that's a little you know that's a little shady but who knows if that's true but that's what is it because it's in you know it's only alleged in a lawsuit coming from one side but this is all fascinating to me and I hope more of it comes out yeah I did see the whole court documents and stuff like that but I glossed over it because it was 4,000 pages long so I, <laughs> yeah. I read the first summary and I go oh, I'm gonna wait for somebody to make a a longer summary and so shout out again to Chris Otts over WDRB for putting this together I I have a feeling we'll be talking about this yet again on another roundtable coming up and sort of where we're we're sitting at between the two I guess I'm trying to understand like so they're Republic saying that Buffalo Trace hired, you know, these whatever brand ambassador or Salesforce to go out and do what we discussed. Market managers. But, yeah. But in return, Republic was going to make less profit because Buffalo Trace was doing more boots on the ground. But Republic saying they didn't really hire enough people to do that. And is that is that am I understanding that correctly? Correct. They're saying that the few people that they did hire were also potentially violating various state laws. And because Sazerac had claimed that it spent $100 million basically creating this new sales force, call it a sales force, call it a market development manager, call it whatever it is. And I think this is, this this should also go with without saying here is that pretty much every mid to large size company has a sales force and market development managers in every major metro. You look at Heaven Hill, you look at Jim Beam, even look at Barrel Bourbon. They have salespeople that go to all of these cities and their days are spent going to five to eight stores a day doing the same exact thing that Ryan had mentioned. You're making sure that there's bottles on the shelf. You're tasting new people. You're telling the product, making sure the manager's happy. Uh, you're taking people out. You're making sure that the distributor knows that there needs to be reorders at certain stores. That's par for the course. That's pretty standard in this industry. And so now RNDC is mad that Sazerac spent $100 million to do this. But in part of doing this, Sazerac basically says, since we're spending so much money to do this, we're going to start paying you less money because you're not doing your job. That is the kind of crux of it. And that's what RNDC says. Well, we're still doing the same amount of work, but we're getting paid less money. So hard to see. We don't really know the numbers and, and how that all plays out. But just to kind of know that that is a that is a typical norm in this industry. Yeah, it's just nice to know you can leverage, you can negotiate that. I'm gonna, I'm sure we'll get <laughs> keep that in mind by our distributors. I'm like, I'm out here freaking, you know, <laughs> I'm a hundred dollars an hour. We're gonna pay you instead of twenty five percent margin. You're only get twenty percent because. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> we've gotten 70% of the placements in stores or anything like that. I mean, we're not near yeah, 70%, we got, but that we is... We got ambassadors going out there. We're paying them. You know, it's... Uh, See? Yeah. Now you know. Put that ammo in your back pocket. Just kidding. We love our distributors. I know. I'm kidding. It's <laughs> But this is fascinating. I can't wait more for more to come out. Yep. Well, all right. So while on this topic, because we all know that distributors solely exist because of the way the three-tier system was built. Well, there's a, a new website 
that's out and it's called fermenting change and it has launched outlining the various ways the three-tier system harms the alcohol industry and prevents consumers from accessing the products that they want and this was created by tom wark he's a 30-year veteran of the alcohol marketing and politics and this new website provides an alternative to the overwhelming amount of information on the internet about the three-tier system largely created by the wholesaler interests that directly benefit from the three-tier system being maintained in the law all but three states still mandate a three-tier system. So, quote, it says, the wholesale side of the alcohol industry has been gaslighting alcohol regulators, lawmakers, members of the alcohol trade, and consumers for decades with their false assertions that the three-tier system is necessary to prevent minors to access alcohol, promotes competition, keeps counterfeit products out of the marketplace, and prevents monopolies. That's what Wark said. But he said the biggest lie is being told by wholesalers is that their claim that the success of alcohol regulations in the U.S. depends on alcohol producers only selling to wholesalers and retailers only buying from wholesalers. Additionally, fermenting change provides an outline of an alternative to the three-tier system of alcohol regulation. And here's some of his reform points, which I kind of agree with all these. He said that producers should be licensed to sell alcohol at retail in any state and may choose to sell directly to retailers or engaged and a state-licensed wholesaler to sell their products to retailers in the state. He said producers may also assign exclusive territories to a wholesaler in a state or assign their products to multiple different wholesalers who compete with one another to sell their producers' products to the same retailers. And states may also restrict wholesaler discounting and regulate other sales, marketing, and pricing systems at the wholesale level so as to prevent wholesaler domination to retail accounts, he also said producers should be able to sell and ship from any facility they operate, and a state may also restrict the number of consumer-facing establishments a retailer or producer may operate in a state or geographic area. If you want to check out more of this, it is at 3-tiersystem.com. So this was, again, something else that I read in Mark Brown's newsletter. I thought it was pretty well done because we all know that a lot of the stuff that comes out that is in support of the three-tier system comes from like, you know, the, the wine wholesalers of America or all that sort of stuff. And, and it's all the same arguments. And so this one tries to centralize all of the counter arguments against it into a single website. So it's really out there for the public to go and be better educated. Yeah, I love how they always fall back on underage drinking. <laughs> it's like, what are they doing to, to monitor I, I can't tell you one time I've seen a distributor store be like, hey, you got your ID on you, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, because all you're doing is just removing more points of distribution by not letting the producer sell it, right? And by making the retailer do it. So that is that is a one strike against them. Yeah, it's just... I still think there's a place for it. It just, it's got to be adjusted. Just distribution is, is more of a logistical thing. And it, it's less about, it, it seems like it's gone less about being a, a sales force and a, the product placement and a reordering. It's basically just a, it seems like it's turned into just like a logistical company and they're making quite a bit of margin on that to do that. So it's like, how can we make it a win-win for producers and distributors and the consumer, you know? So as Sazerac assessed, they're just four wheels in a truck, right? <laughs> they said it, <laughs> not me. <laughs> now, to be fair, we do have some distributors that, that do go out of their way and they, they, oh, they yeah, kick definitely. butt for us and they get us a lot of placements and everything like that too. So it's, uh, it's not, everything's not all bad. So just to, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying from our, we, I just hear, you know, we talk to producers. I'm not, it's not, I'm not saying, but we talk as industry in a whole, these are common complaints that you hear, um, from producers across the country is that, 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 that's because of this system that that's what it turns to with some distributors, not ours, just some. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's a, it's a perfect example. It's like, we live in Kentucky. We have an opportunity where we can go and we could do some, some self-work, some self-promotion, even do some direct to retailer sales. But I mean, if you know, we're not in Texas, we're not in Missouri, we're not in New Mexico. So it's like, we, yeah, we have to rely on, a wholesaler or a distributor to do that work because they have the infrastructure, they have the the relationships already set up, and we're not right. going to go and build a sales force and build a warehouse and 
buy trucks for all that stuff. Like that's not going to happen. So it's a lot easier to, to kind of look at that. And, and the only way that you could do that is if you were a, a Jim Beam or a Heaven Hill or somebody like that, where you could do, uh, you know, create a massive logistics company behind it. But most people don't want to get into that job. You know, creating a, a logistics company is a whole other set of headaches that you have to worry about. And I'm sure that most people just want to focus on building product and not really just building out optimizing routes of transportation. Yeah, totally. Yep. Yep. All right. So last week we talked about New York and wanting to ship your spirits. Well, guess what? If you're now in Illinois, you can also join the new grassroots campaign called Ship My Spirits, where it's now fighting to allow direct consumer shipping of distilled spirits in the state. The campaign is backed by three major organizations representing distillers and is looking to modernize the spirits marketplace by allowing the same rights that wineries have had for more than three decades. So if you're a fan of craft spirits and want to see direct consumer shipping become a reality in Illinois, then visit shipmyspirits.org. The site has an interactive map where you can learn about the laws regulating spirit shipments and other data related to the spirits industry impact on the state. And you can also take action through the site by sending letters to your legislators on the issue in less than three minutes. All right. Well, there you go. Easy enough. We, we know we're fans of that one. <laughs> yep. All right. Totally. So this one's a little bit outside of the realm of, of just spirits, but I thought it was kind of interesting and cool. So why the heck not? So for p- passionate college basketball fans, March is pure chaos with busted brackets, which I'm sure most of ours are by now, buzzer beaters and nail biting stress. And that's why Coors Light, the beer made to chill, is introducing Coors Sickles. It's non-alcohol beer flavored popsicles to make sure fans that are 21 and older stay chill when things get heated this March. So Coors Icicle is intended for, it's Coors, yeah, Coors, you know, Coors Icle, Coorsicle. Yeah, Coorsicle. I was saying it wrong. It's Coors hyphen I-C-L-E. So Coorsicle. It's intended for consumers 21 and older and is inspired by the flavor and refreshment of an ice cold Coors Light. It's available for a limited time during the tournament season and to purchase a six pack of Coors Light Coorsicles, visit shop.coorslight.com. They will release a limited number of Corsicles through March 24th, every weekday at 12 p.m. while supplies last. <laughs> if I may eat a popsicle and waste calories, I want a Dove bar or something. <laughs> <laughs> or a Dilly bar, not a, a non-alcoholic beer, but whatever. Oh, man. What were the, what were the, oh, man, I can't think of it. What were the, the cones that had the, drumsticks? Drumsticks, that's what I was Yeah, thinking. I'd rather have that than a non-alcoholic beer man i haven't had a drumstick in forever i mean you know what i haven't had in a long time that i really used to love i i love dairy queen man blizzards just a good old oh, blizzard yeah. i haven't had one in a long time yeah i take my kids from time to time they 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 enjoy them they're they are good i haven't i gave up sugar for lent so i haven't had any sweets in like i don't know how far we are into lent but <laughs> it's amazing how fast the sound shit off and <laughs> sugar uh, but uh, yeah. Anywho, yeah, Dairy Queen's great. I'm not in on this non-alcoholic pops. Sorry, <laughs> but for you that are, I'm excited for you. Uh, you have well, options. I'm sure it's just why it's a once, once, one-time run. Maybe they'll bring it back in five years or something like that. But I doubt people are going to be running out all the time. I mean, when they did the the vodka popsicles at Costco, I think that that had a nationwide sensation around it. But those were good, and it had fruity flavors to it and stuff like that too. Yeah, Disney. I had the margarita ones, the, the with tequila in them, actually in them, uh, and uh, they were fantastic. But it had tequila and, and stuff. <laughs> Sorry, but it's <laughs> all right. Up next, bourbon slushies in a popsicle form. We'll figure it out. Yep, let's do it. All right. So speaking of flavored whiskey that you had mentioned at the very beginning here, Pinot Ricard has agreed to buy a majority stake in the world's first peanut butter-flavored American whiskey, Screwball. Stephen and Brittany Yang, they established Screwball in 2018, and it sold 500,000 9-liter cases in 2022. The financial details of the deal have not been disclosed, and Pernod Ricard said flavored whiskey was one of the fastest-growing spirits categories in the U.S., accounting for a quarter of all whiskey sales in the market. The company also noted that the potential it sees for flavored whiskey and cocktails and in 2022, Screwball released 100 ml cans that change its format to range. And the whiskey is now available in 750, 375, 200, 500 ml, and one liter bottles. How many cases, you say? 500,009 liters. So that would be one million six oh packs. Oh, gosh. 
That's insane. That stuff's gross too. I don't. It's not. <laughs> it's not gross. It's just different. I mean, so here's the thing. I remember. I remember the first time I had screwball. Yeah, this was I do too. Probably back in, in 2018 basement. because that yeah, was Tony Conja. Yeah, so brought it from Keg and Bottle. He brought it and he was like, "Guys, this thing's gonna blow up." And we had it and we we're like, "Actually, it's not too bad." I mean, it's flavored whiskey, but I think it was done well. But it was one of those things. I even talked to my wife about this a few weeks ago before this was announced. And we were just talking about flavored whiskey and whatever. She was like, yeah, but nothing's going to be as popular as Fireball. And I was like, well, you know, that screwball stuff. She was like, yeah, you don't see people out buying shots of peanut butter whiskey. And now this comes out. And I'm like, well, maybe people are buying shots of peanut butter whiskey. It's just not us. <laughs> yeah, it's still probably not even close to Fireball. I bet Fireball's doing oh, like God, yeah. 10 million, 12, nine liters <laughs> yeah. in the country. Easy. Easy, easy, easy. Plus, with but even adding with a little bit of malt whiskey or malt beverage now. That's right. That's what's <laughs> next for better get your screwball now while it's still uh It's actually whiskey. It's pure pure peanut butter and sugar. Next time it'll be malt, sugar, and peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. You know who wins in all this is Flavor Man, probably. That's okay. true. That's true. I don't know if they make it or not. Uh, probably. It, it, At some point, they probably, they, they had them build the formula, which I can't wait to release that podcast. We'll be able to have, talk about how to build, a, you know, flavored whiskey and RTDs and stuff like that. But they probably helped them build the formula. And then after that, it's like, well, this is where you go to buy all your extra goods and make it or whatever it is. Because you have to have a co Yeah, you buy it from us. <laughs> yeah, or that too. Yeah, it's in, it's in the contract. Yep. All right. So I don't know if this this just came. I know we're recording this on Wednesday morning this time. So I got the email early this morning and this was, I, I saw the pictures. My jaw dropped immediately. So it just because how amazing it looked. But Blue Run Spirits, they've revealed their first look at its planned whiskey distillery and headquarters in Georgetown, Kentucky. And it's designed by international architect firm Bjark Ingels Group, or otherwise known as BIG. The 35,000 square foot distillery and 20,000 square foot rickhouse will break ground in 2023 at the Lanes Run Business Park, projected to open in 2025. Distillery operations are anticipated to bring at least 45 full-time jobs to the local economy. The design is called Meander. It is meant to evoke the journey of the limestone-rich water of the Royal Spring in Georgetown as it winds its way through the distilling, aging, and blending process to become fine Blue Run bourbon and rye whiskeys. The, the Royal Spring, dubbed the Blue Run by one of the founders, serves as the company's namesake. Founded in 2005, Bjark Ingels Group is based in Copenhagen and New York, has offices in London, Barcelona, and Shenzhen, and big practices include architecture, planning, landscape, urbanism, interior design, product design, research and development, and notable projects include Google Headquarters, Legos Brand Museum, Audemars Piguet Museum and Hotel, the San Pellegrino Flagship Factory, and the world-renowned Copenhagen restaurant Noma. Yeah, I saw it and I was like, dang, are we bringing like Spain to to Central Kentucky? I mean, did you see cool. the picture? It looked yeah. amazing. I, yeah. you know, that was one of those things, you know, when the, uh, the whole Kentucky Owl theme park thing came around, we were kind of like, well, that's different. And then you see this and you're like, this is different, but in a really cool way. I mean, I yeah. I had never seen anything like this. When I got the, I saw the email this morning. I was like, I wonder if it's like a, it's like here's, just because they're so like thoughtful in their branding and stories. And I was like, what if, I, I'm like, what if they call it like a cocoon? Because like <laughs> that's where the caterpillar rests until it's aging to morph into a butterfly. So I was like envisioning a cocoon, but it kind of looks more like a water kind of creek a stream or, yeah a stream yeah a lot of a lot of turns and, and twists and everything like that no it's it's actually really cool so congratulations to the blue run team it looked really awesome yeah i'm excited to see it come together all right and so our last one here is that kentucky-based new rift distilling will begin its three million dollar renovation of its public areas including a new home for its tasting and cocktail bar the renovation will see a revamped first floor gift and bottle shop space, as well as the relocation of the distillery's bar, the Aquifer, to the third floor. The distillery, will, this distillery will remain open for visitors throughout the project, and once complete, visitors will be able to experience a new welcome station and pre-tour waiting area. The Aquifer is currently located on the first floor, and on the third floor, it will also feature a rooftop patio with views of the Cincinnati skyline. A new reservable private room will also be built, and renovations are due to take place starting in April. All right. Well, there you go. You think you can view the skyline, but also have skyline delivered to you up there? 
I'm not a big Skylon fan. I, it's like kind of I'm more Dixie Chili. Ugh, I'm. I mean, I, I like my Skyline. But anybody that doesn't know if the Skyline, it's it's called like the Cincinnati treat. You have that. I guess Dixie Chili. I'm not. A, I don't know Dixie Chili. It's usually that between is it Dixie Gold Star or is it Gold Star? Gold Star. Maybe I'm thinking Gold Star. Yeah, Gold Star versus Skyline is kind of like the battle, and it's just I don't. It, it's hard to, I don't know if you even call it chili, but there's a bunch of cinnamon and some other stuff in it and people put it all over noodles. Um, but I, I'm a big yeah, fan of the there's Conies. There's a Dixie chili. Is Newport. There? I thought it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it's, yeah. Well, all I, family up there, go over there next time. Well, if you're, uh, I mean, I like a little bit of spice in my life. So you got to get the fiery <laughs> habanero cheese. You get the, you get the habanero cheese on your Conies. Game over, man. Yeah, for you and Lauren. That's what we like, man. I like I like my habanero cheese. It's good. Don't come over after you eat that. <laughs> eat that combo. <laughs> I just got to use your bathroom before we hang out for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with some more whiskey news. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. Hey everybody, it's time for that bourbon release news time. I guess that's the best way to be able to put it. So let's go ahead and get into it. So the first is a uh, it's a short, it's a quickie here, and that's that Lux Row has announced their newest variant in the Rebel brand family, and that's Rebel 100 Straight Rye Whiskey. It's a mash bill of 51% rye, 45% corn, and 4% malt, offered at 100 proof, and is set to reach retail shelves across the country later this month at a suggested retail price of $20 per bottle. Whoa. I know. Where's the uh, distilled in? It doesn't say 51 <laughs> rye, 45 corn, 4% malt. So I, so that's like more of the Pikesville kind of mash bill, not the, not the squib. Well, I don't know, but I'm sure squibs producing it. Yeah. That was about to say, I was like, cause that, that's where things change because typically if you come out with a product, you're going to say what you would say it's rebel 100 Kentucky straight rye whiskey. The fact that it doesn't yeah. say Kentucky, that's what's making me think that it's probably the squib rye whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But we have a bottle in route from them, thanks to media relations. So look forward to it on a whiskey quickie coming soon. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So Wolves, it's the luxury whiskey brand founded by culture, culture mavericks, James Bond, that's his name, Undefeated, and John Buscemi, uh, Buscemi, Greats, Truff, Oliver Peoples. They've announced that it's the first ever American single malt whiskey under the brand's Malted Barley Series banner. So Wolves acquired a 144-barrel library of single malt and malted barley whiskeys that were put down in 8- to 12-barrel lots starting in 2011. The 13th-generation master distiller, Marco... Oh, man, I'm going to screw this up. He was on the show. Marco... Oh, gosh, do you remember? 
<laughs> Hell no, God, you can't Kira, do it. Kira, 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 Kezevic, Kira, Kezevic, Kira Kasevic. Yeah, Karakasovic. We'll, we'll start there. So Marco Karakasovic distilled each lot over a 10-day period in a small alembic pot still imported from Cognac, France in 1983. While far less efficient than a column still, the antique pot still yields whiskey with more body, flavor, and viscosity. During distillation, Marco slept in four-hour shifts that so he alone could make each cut, selecting the heart of the hearts for the double distillation. Lot 1 was distilled in 2015. 11 of the 12 barrels were blended together by wolves and bottled at 110 proof. 375 six-packs of the blended single malt expression will be made available through select retailers with an SRP of $300. The 12th barrel uh, will have 214 bottles in total and was selected as a single barrel release, and that's bottled at 125 proof. As become a calling card for the brand built by fashion and cultural iconoclasts, each bottle in the Wolves Malted Barley series will be hand numbers, hand numbered, wrapped in a hand laser cut embossed and sheepskin label printed with UV light and laid on flush with heavy French cut glass. I do like their packaging. It looks good. Mm-hmm. It's a... Uh, we. I wonder... I, I'm sorry, I blanked out. Where was the single malt from? It, that they this purchased. is this is coming from Marco. Um, oh, he made it while he was at. Uh, yeah. Okay, so it wasn't some of the Kentucky single malt that like Pablo and them got the rare character stuff. I don't believe so. No, this was okay. this is all the California stuff. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah, excited to try it for sure. So the the stuff they do is a lot of fun. So it's it's out there. You know, his his was all like the hop flavored whiskey for a while. I remember the first time we tried it, we were like, "Whew, this is different." Yeah, it was fun. Yep. So didn't get me high though. No, I'm kidding. Get <laughs> <laughs> it. Breathe in, like and taste the taste the difference there. That's all right. Ragged Branch Distillery. It's a farm to glass whiskey distillery in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. They've announced the launch of a special bourbon celebrating the 50th anniversary of Secretariat's historic Triple Crown win. Quote: A lot of people think that Secretariat was a Kentucky horse because he won the Kentucky Derby, but he was actually from Virginia. And that says that's Alex Toomey. He's the founding partner and head distiller at Ragged Branch Distillery. The best racehorses can come from anywhere, and so can the best bourbon. In 1973, at just three years old, Secretariat won racing's greatest hat trick, the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont Stakes. His triple crown victory set records that have never been broken, and his legendary performance remains one of the greatest sports stories of all time. In honor of his hometown hero, Ragged Branch Distillery used corn grown at the farm where Secretariat was born earmarking it for a special bourbon to honor Big Red. Ragged Branch Secretariat Reserve was made from a mash bill of corn, rye, and malted barley. Aged for over five years and bottled in bond, the bourbon is priced at $100. It will launch on April 22nd in Virginia ABC stores and at the Ragged Branch Distillery with limited availability to follow in several mid-Atlantic markets with a few select online retailers. The commemorative bottle will also feature unique art by New York-based artist Eric Helvey, and concurrent with the Bourbon's debut, a new larger-than-life statue of Secretariat will be erected in Ashland, Virginia, following a Triple Crown tour that will bring it to the race courses throughout the 2023 season. I bet Secretariat, Secretariat fertilized that ground with his dumplings <laughs> for the corn. <laughs> uh, thought that's where it was going to go, but uh, I'm looking at their website. The property looks beautiful, and then, too, they had uh, Dave Pickerel help them out to start, so... And we all know how, I mean, everything he consults with turns, they make really good whiskey. So I'm excited about this. Midas it's, touch of whiskey. Yeah. This property looks really cool. Well, well I want to go. Added, I like added the Blue Ridge list. Mountains. That's, that's, I know you love mountains. I hiking can't get enough stuff. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Right after Skyline. So. <laughs> Which Skyline? Are we talking about Habanero Jeans yeah. again? Yeah. <laughs> can't wait to be right behind you on that one. <laughs> All right, here's our last news story. The fast-growing brand Pinhook Bourbon has debuted their vertical series Rye 7-Year, and it's a blend from 28 of Pinhook's barrels. The vertical series follows a single group of bourbon and rye barrels sourced from MGP as they mature from 4 to 12 years of age. Made with a mash bill of 95.5, the barrels and similar fill dates, the only thing that imparts a new flavor in this liquid is the aging process itself. For example, the 4-year version of this rye was 97 proof. The seven-year release comes in at 105.12. And sticking with its racehorse theme, Pinhook depicts, sorry, Pinhook depicts Tis Rye Time on each of the vertical series bottles. 
Tis Ride Time is a thoroughbred colt of the that competed at Churchill Downs, Keeneland, and Saratoga Spring racetracks. With the same horse on each bottle representing the series, the different vintages can be identified by the geometric shape on their labels, which change every year, as well as the age statement on the top label. And Pinhook 7 Vertical Series has a suggested retail price of $78 per bottle and is available through Breeze and Pinhook's text-to-buy platform, as well as select retailers nationwide. So they're all squib stuff? It is. The It's it's an interesting concept to say. No, that, it is. Yeah, I, like, I think Pinhook, I was, I was about to follow it up with, like, if you like squib juice, Pinhook does an excellent job of selecting barrels like everything i've had from pinhook that they've selected and blended is very good so if you like squib juice pinhook's a brand you should get behind too yeah and, and like i said i thought it was a, it's a really kind of cool concept to say we'll say they took 28 i'm let's say they bought 500 barrels maybe that's even too much we'll say they bought 150 barrels and so they just take an allotment of probably the best of every single year and that's what they bottle as to say like this is what it's going to be like and you see how it changes from four to 12 years as it's just the flavor of the wood and the age that impacts it so it's a it's an interesting process to kind of go through if, if you're wanting to go on the long trail of collecting one from every single year to see exactly how it changes over time and then who knows i guess you know eight years later you can put them up in a lineup and taste them and figure out oh yeah i guess seven tastes better or nine tastes better or five is greater than 10. I don't know. Yeah, it is cool. Cause as we've all, well, not as we know, it's like 90% of the, they say 80, it's like 90% of the flavor comes from maturation. And, uh, you know, that, that that's what's exciting and fun about these projects is like getting to see them, how they, they age different for sure. Not so for sure. Well, dude, that's going to wrap it up. That is the end of this week in bourbon. All right, that was a long one. Felt it could be like two weeks in bourbon. But yeah. I'm sure there'll be more. Hopefully, there's more Sazerac Republic news next week. Well, let's let's take it easy. Let's let's save it. Let's save it for the roundtable. We need some more speculation that has to happen. <laughs> so, when's the next two weeks? Yeah, yeah actually, we're, we're going to be pretty close to there because we're going to be doing it a week prior than we typically would because we've got spring break coming up, and we want to make sure that everybody can go off and be with their families and travel and do everything like that too well you hear that republic and sazerac lawyers we need some announcements between now and then (laughs) (laughs) we need something just give us some ammo (laughs) give us something yep all right well that's it everybody cheers and we'll see you next week toodles